the Tell It Like It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Ray, recording today at London's iconic Television Centre. This week, we have another one of our bite-sized episodes for you. This time, my very favourite bits that didn't make the final cut for my conversation with Amanda Brill, co-founder and partner of law at Brill Parisi. So in this episode, we talked about her experience of having a gun pointed at her head when she was a child and then later going on to get engaged to a card-carrying NRA member who has, I think she said something like 50 guns in the house. Also, what it was like for her as young Republican interning in the Clinton White House and how she later uh, shifted to become a Democrat. And finally, how to talk to Trump supporters, uh, along with how she's managing a long-distance marriage. With the U.S. election behind us, but some divisions feeling deeper than ever, some of us may have shared turkey and pumpkin pie with our loved ones in person or over video chat, but still feeling more apart than ever. So as we close out the longest year in living memory, I thought her stories of loving people across our respective aisles were a nice way for us to close out the year and look forward to a brighter 2021. So please enjoy these bits from my conversation with Amanda Brill, along with my very best wishes for a happy, healthy new year. So I think I'm right. in saying your fiance is not only an NRA member now, <laughs> um, but I have a note here, has 50 guns uh, around the house at his ranch where you spend. Um, and uh, what's that like? Oh, God. Um, so they're in a safe. I have to be clear. <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah, so... I my parents are from the north. Um, they're from Pennsylvania. Okay. So I was born in Boston, um, but grew up in Atlanta. And um, but it's a unique experience, I think, because you know I was probably surrounded by people hunting and gun owners yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, but my very first experience, um, even seeing a gun, was a neighbor in my um, like a kid in my neighborhood had a BB gun, which you know my brother didn't have because we didn't, you know, we might have had water guns. That was about it. Mm. Um, and we were all playing outside and um, and he comes out with the BB gun and tells us that it's loaded and put it to the temple of my head and pulled the trigger. And it wasn't loaded or I would not, you know, be carrying on conversation most likely, but like that was my first introduction to firearms. And I like, you know, ran home. Terrifying. You were how old? Probably like eight, nine wow. years old. Yeah, I was a kid, and um, yeah, I mean, it was it was like the most terrifying thing. And then I never really thought about guns again because nobody I knew had them. I lived in my Massachusetts bubble. Yeah. Um, so meeting my fiance, um, you know, I, I was like, I I don't really understand this world at all, um, and. <laughs> The first time I went to his condo, he was like, okay, so if there's an intruder, this is where I keep the gun next to the bed. And I was like, if there's an intruder, I'm jumping out the window. Like I'm not, I don't even know how to like hold this or or whatnot. So um, it's been interesting because actually like, and I, you know, I'm sure people, I know people have very strong opinions on this, but he is actually a very responsible gun owner and he 
uses it for hunting and, um, and you know, he has a gun for protection. And we have a lot of, I'm a, I'm a big sit at the table and have a conversation person. Mm-hmm. And I think like I can be quite persuasive <laughs> um, <laughs> and I spend a lot of time talking to his hunting buddies Um And, you know, of course, like they start at the position of, you know, well, they're going to try to take away our guns and da 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 Mm. Um, If it ever gets into politics or the NRA or gun ownership. Um, But actually, like, I kind of start discussing more of, you know, like, but but what about, I mean, surely it's not unreasonable to like have this kind of check. No, I think they should, there should definitely be this kind of check. Great. Okay. So when you fill out your NRA application form next year, (laughs) can you add that? So, you know, my fiance has started adding, you know, like language to his renewal and I'm like, it's a start. Um, You know, I think like a lot of times we can reach an agreement on certain things, even though like it's still something I'm just not used to. And he thinks I'm like crazy left. Like he's like, with your leftist point of views, I'm like, I step over bullets to get into bed sometime at night. You know, there'll be like a box. And I'm like, I think there are many people in this world who would not do that. Who would not do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't the the, like political spectrums and how different they are in America and, uh, and Europe. I mean... You know, I think I would consider myself a centrist. And in mm-hmm. fact, like left Twitter in the UK, like calls me a shit eating centrist. That's like, that's my nickname oh, no. from, from the Corbynistas. Um, but I think there's a lot of people in the States who would be like, oh, radical left, you know? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I know. I think I'm so radical. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, you you interned at the White House, right? Did, yeah. Under Clinton. I did. Yeah. I think at that point you were Republican. So when I wrote, yeah. So <laughs> there's no shame in it. I know. <laughs> well, I, I owned it. Okay. So yeah. the funny thing is, like, yeah, I um I went to University of Arizona for undergrad, and um I remember having like whoever I I feel like it was Bob Dole or somebody who was the candidate that year. But we had like the poster in our window of our sorority house. Um, but at the same time, I was applying for internships. And um, I got like, I wrote my whole essay about how I was a Republican and, you know, but I found, found the Clintons fascinating. Um, so I was totally upfront about the fact that, you know, that was my political party view at the time. And um, I got accepted into the internship program. And I was, you know, pretty shocked about it. And it was also like right when, so the Lewinsky story had broken, like, I think December, I was on my semester abroad in Italy. I remember that because it was, you know, the scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was, um, that had just broken. And um, so by the time we started our internship in the summer, like it, we were like, you know, the most desirable interns in DC because it was like so in the press as far mm-hmm. as, you know, the White House internship. But when I got there, um, it was, I mean, law school has an interesting mix of ambition. <laughs> like the White House internship program was like, people were showing up with business cards. I'm like, who are you giving that to? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. um, I can imagine were- it's even worse I mean, today, and I don't mean today under Trump, I just mean this generation of kids, Yeah, you know, having to be like so on it and doing a million different things and so professional. Yeah, Yeah. it was, so a few people took me aside and they're like, we heard you're a Republican. I'm like, why are you whispering? (laughs) They're like, because we didn't tell anybody. I'm like, there's a lot of people like me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So yeah. So by the time I left, I, you know, I kind of, I had a very great experience in that White House. I mean, Al Gore, um, I remember like our second day, he was, there was a leaving due and we got to go watch him do like a, you know, just a personal um, goodbye speech or whatever. It wasn't anything formal, but we were like, oh my God, this guy's actually kind of funny. Like, you know, and yeah. he wasn't that way in the in the press at the time. He wasn't, he doesn't really read that well on camera. I mean, mm-hmm. even now I feel like he's, you know, he's obviously loosened up a little bit and a little bit more relatable on camera, but I met him, I worked for the Democratic Party briefly when I was very young and I um, I met him, I think once or twice actually. And I, I just remember, you know, I don't remember the details, like mm-hmm. nobody, but I just remember thinking like, God, what like a nice, cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not what he came across on, like as on TV. No, so it was... It was such a fun summer. I mean, we we were unpaid, um, but we lived off our credit cards. Like we were like ballers. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, and by that, like we went to dinner, but yeah. like, you know, it was like, still, <laughs> yeah. we're like, who are we? Like, yeah. like, we should not be going to restaurants. We should be cooking in our little dorms. But, um, but yeah, it was, we got, you know, to bring family to do like West Wing tours and, mm. um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was really fun. But by the end of the summer, I felt definitely more, you know, of a, of a Democrat. I mean, I, I was so young, I, even when I was affiliating with the Republican Party that mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what all of it meant. And I still sometimes feel like I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, some of it's so tribal. I just feel like in a country of over 300 million people, to divide everybody in one of two camps seems like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, yeah, I'm a Democrat. Like, what? That surely that means something different to... 150 million people. Yeah. You know, it can't mean the same thing. Well, and even even still today, like my parents both, you know, are registered Republicans. Doug, my fiance is, um, I think he's an independent, but he's, you know, he's voted for Obama. He's voted for Hillary Clinton. Like he voted for Trump the last time, but we've always been able to have respectful conversations, which again, I think like, I I get it, like that people want to shun or tune out, you know. Especially right now, it's so everything is so volatile. But mm-hmm. like, I think if you respect somebody, you can sometimes have a more meaningful conversation about the political side and get somewhere. Like, find the yeah. middle ground. Um, but I think you know. I mean, I had to defriend my dad on Facebook. <laughs> so out of control. Yeah, I've had I've had to I, mean, I haven't defriended anybody, but I've definitely removed them from my feed. Um which feels like somehow the wrong answer, but I don't have the right one. Well, he, my dad was like an active troll. So oh, yeah. I, I was like I love you in real life, but I do not love you on Facebook. No, so I'm going to just have to Don't love your defriend. avatar. Yeah. yeah. I mean it was, I mean he knows it. Like he cannot help himself. <laughs> so I'm like The Trump thing is really hard because I've, you know, I really liked how you put um, you like to sit down at the table and have conversations. And mm-hmm. I've always really been proud of the fact that I had, I was, ve- I've been like very political since I was very young and have very strong views and opinions uh, with that have, of course, evolved over time. Um, but I have had, you know, a plethora of friends and people mm-hmm. I respect and love that think lots of different things and oftentimes different than me. But But Trump is harder because you know, because he's a racist, because mm-hmm. he's a misogynist, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's like these these deep core values where you could look at someone like Romney and say, you know, he's a good man. 
and we have different ideas about how to get to similar goals. Mm-hmm. But Trump is harder. It's it's I haven't found a way in, and so my only solution with my family, you know, who are also Trump fans and buying into QAnon conspiracies and things like that <laughs> is is just to not talk about it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I have to do with my dad. I mean, Doug and I can still have good conversations. Um, I mean, and he's, I don't want to give his vote away, but like, you know, he's hes not a Trump fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's, so he's, he's been convinced otherwise of the error of his ways or is I that think, too patronizing? No, I think that, I think, um, you know, it, it was, I mean, the election last time, I think people, you know, a lot of people didn't like Hillary. A lot of people thought, how bad could it be with Trump? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like Americans often vote for their own self-interest um, in, in some ways. And um, and I think that motivated a lot of people to vote for Trump who may now be like, you know what? Actually, that was, that was a bad experiment. Um, mm. So I don't know. I mean, I just, I think... I can still have some of those conversations and I, I listen a lot and try to understand, um, you know, the perspective and I don't agree with it, but I try to not argue in those situations because I also know like it's not, the argument's not going to get me anywhere. So I kind of just want to understand like what, what is it about this? What I am very aggressive about though is, um, any kind of, um, like meme or um, article that has the headline that is totally factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. Like I will police those on Facebook. Yeah, and people I try think to as well. it's a yeah. waste of time, but I feel like I don't care if we disagree, but your meme is actually false. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you should know that. And yeah. then, you know, and like I feel good about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all doing whatever whatever our part can be. So I know that um, you and Doug live sixty five hundred miles away from each other. Is that that about right? There's no direct flight. There's no, <laughs> there's no direct flight. Um, and uh, am I right in thinking that you have no intention of of that changing? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you've crafted this awesome individual relationship that works for the two of you and totally shunned every expectation (laughs) that society might put on you to do things differently? Well, I think um, for one, we don't want to have children. I think if you have a desire to have children, then, you know, that's very difficult to pull off. Um, So that's sort of the baseline. But um, I think both of us, like I'm my best self in London. I have my my law practice here. I have the most amazing friends that I will never be able to find, I think, in any other place in the world, mm. at least like at this volume. Um, and I love being in London. I love all the excitement that it brings me. He loves to hunt. He loves to fish. Um, he has a ranch and a lake house, and he likes to do his, you know, kind of broy man things. Um, mm. And I think if either of us moved, we would not be our best selves. And I don't want like it, it, I. I just. I mean, there was no way I was moving to Oklahoma. And <laughs> I think like he he loves London, but I think his you know, work, it's important to him to be able to make money. And, 
you know, that's for him is in Oklahoma. So is he a lawyer too? He is. Yeah. yeah he's a, he's an immigration lawyer as well. Okay. But yeah, I think for us, and I mean, we had a great setup pre-COVID where we would see each other every other weekend. Um, wow. Either I I would usually go there and stay for a week. He would come meet me somewhere and stay for like a weekend or a long weekend. So we had a great setup. I mean, it worked perfectly now in COVID. <laughs> um, it's not really possible to live that way. Um, mm. So I've been going over there and spending more time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for both of us, like we're happy in this situation and we don't want, I, I know people who have made the move too fast and resented it. Mm. And I just think that puts so much pressure on a relationship that mm. like i was curious to see how this would lead. And it's actually like people ask us all the time. So what happens when you get married? I'm like, nothing. Like we like this. And I mean, who knows, you know, 10, 15 years from now, like if we say at one point, actually like let's pick a place and, you know, and people do that. But I think for the foreseeable future, we don't want to make any changes to, you know, where our center of gravity is. Mm. I just think it's so interesting that, here in 2020, we still have so few examples of how to do marriage a little bit differently, mm-hmm. even though the model that we have doesn't fucking work for right. most people. <laughs> and it doesn't work over and over and over again. And yet we keep following this one model, yeah. expecting that like we are going to be the ones that are different or whatever it is. Um, and... I've been in my past, I mean, obviously it's different, as you said, for me now because I have a young son, but in the past I've been in a couple of long distance relationships and honestly, in lots of ways, I would describe them as, you know, obviously I'm in the best relationship right now, but great relationships precisely because we had time to be distant from one another. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, living our own best lives and you know, exploring just being whole, complete people without each other, but also having that space to miss each other, mm-hmm. which you just never have when you're in the same house with somebody. Well, and I think like when I was in law school, um, when I met my ex-husband, like, everything was about having your best friend. Like you were going to marry your best friend. And like you were supposed to, you know, be roommates, Mm -hmm. um, best buds, lovers, like co-parents if you wanted to have kids. Like, I mean, there was so much that you were supposed to be to each other. Business owners of your own little household. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like, I felt like that was kind of a lie that we were sold of, of our generation. And like... Um, you know, this has given me a time and I have, you know, friends who, you know, have been through divorces and are married the second time. And we talk a lot about kind of how, you know, we have our best friends and our best friends are our girlfriends. (laughs) We like don't have to like unload everything on our spouse or, you know, partner or whatever. And like, you can, you know, you can kind of use your girlfriends for a lot of this stuff and, you know, Mm. you're partner as somebody else and why Mm. should they be your best friend? I mean, there's, so I feel like I've learned a lot about it. I mean, relationships, I think are just challenging sometimes anyway, but I think for us, this works and I'm quite happy with continuing, you know, in, in different countries. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the series so far, please do subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you're listening right now. It really does help put the series in front of more badass women and a few men too, by increasing how we rank. 
While you're at it, check out the show notes for more info on our guests and to find out how to reach us on all the socials. As always, if you've got a story and you want to tell it like it is, I'd love to hear from you.